0: Come on, can somebody give Jesus a big shout this morning? Come on. Those were miracles. Those are awesome miracles. Those are amazing testimonies. God is moving in the promised church. Come on. And I love it. And he's not going to stop. It's just going to keep getting better and better. How many of y'all believe we're going from one degree of glory to another? We're just going higher in God. We're going faith to faith, strength to strength. Is uh, Dan the man? Dan is here. Dan is still here. You're still here, bro. Can I pray for you, man? I'm gonna, we're gonna get into the word in, in just a minute, but I feel like we gotta pray for some people. We gotta pray for some people. You know what I'm talking about? That's what we do. Can you just stand? Where, where you, here, come over here, man. It's too far away. Dan, yeah. The keys, man, Dan. <laughs> come on. Yeah, Lord, just stretch your hands towards Dan. Just put your hands out like this, bro. Just receive. Lord, we thank you for, there's a, a new anointing coming on Dan. Lord, we just declare the new sound is going to come forth. And Lord, we I just declare, I, I just feel like the, in this season, you're going to begin to tap into the heart of God in a, new, in a way that you never had before. And that the sounds that come out, it's not necessarily just going to be a different chord chart or a different uh, uh, lead sheet. It's going to be the, the anointing that's going to come in a different way on these hands. And so Lord, we just release the an anointing that he would play the 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 strings of your heart Lord that he would play and 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 I feel like you're gonna feel the pleasure of God as you play and the pleasure of God is gonna lead you and the scripture is Romans 8 and 15 it says that those who are led by the Spirit of God these are the sons of God And and the Lord I feel like the Lord says he's gonna increase your anointing he's gonna increase the 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 leading of the Spirit as you play and, and as, you, as you minister, the, the sound is going to go up as a fragrant offering to God, but it's also going to impact the atmosphere here. Like it'll please the heart of God. And as you feel the pleasure of God, the sounds that come out of you when you play, it's going to shift. I decree and I declare a shift in your sound. Wow. And the tenderness of heart, the heart of David to know what moves you, what pleases you, what grieves you. And God, how to stay in the, I know you know this, how to stay in the pocket. But I'm not, you know what I'm, I'm not saying musically, I'm saying in the heart of God. To stay in the pocket, in the heart of God. So Holy Spirit, woo, from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Lord, release, yeah, an impartation, an anointing. Lord, to take Him into deep places in the realm of the spirit. I'm telling you, today is a season shift for you, bro. You're going to deeper places. Lord, we release it. We decree it. We declare it. Wow. And I, I just feel this. I, I feel like there's going to be times at your, on your own secret place time you're going to get caught up. And, and I see you just weeping at your, ah, it makes me want to cry. I, I just see you just weeping at the piano and just as the presence of the Lord visits you. There's, and I, I'm going to get ahead of myself a little bit here. But I, 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 there's some people who know how to have God come. But there's lesser people who know how to get God to stay. And His manifest presence. God's going to teach you that. God's going to teach you how to host His presence with your sound. Wow. You feel that? Man, I'm telling you, it's coming on you, man. First John 2.27. That's your verse, so you are got to look it up. First John 2.27. The anointing will teach you all things. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You're burning up, bro. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Man, the, the, the church is in a season of transition, amen? amen? New things are coming, great things are happening. How many guys appreciate Pastor Cindy and, and Terry and the, and the leadership here? They have done an excellent job coming through this season of transition, and I know that it's just gonna get better. And I, I remember last time I was here, I, I gave you this word about Joan of Arc. And I, <laughs> But I feel like this is it. You're, you're, you're taking the charge. You're leading the people. And you're, and you're doing it in an excellent way. And as a brother in Christ, as a fellow leader in the body that's here in San Diego, I just cheer you guys on. I cheer you on because you're doing an excellent job in what you're doing. And the anointing and the favor of God is on your life. How many of you guys would say amen to that? Come on. You know... Uh, I feel like I have a, a. We're going to turn to Luke in, in just a minute here, but I want to. I want to keep. I want to pray for a couple more people before we keep moving forward. Because as the church is in a season of transition, I believe you're coming into a new thing, and I believe that one of the things that God is doing is you're going to see a Joshua generation arise. What do I mean? Uh, the next generation of leaders are going to start rising. You're going to start seeing uh, young people, younger people, step up into leadership. Now, for, I'm not going to say old, but I'm going to say seasoned people in the room. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying that you're done, so I'm not, I want you to hear that. I want you to hear, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying, well, your season is past, and it's now time for that. No, 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 no. The next generation cannot do what they need to do unless you're there helping them along. They, they need the wisdom. They need the understanding. They need to learn from your triumphs and your tragedies. They need to learn from what you've gone through. And I feel like the Lord is going to raise up this Joshua generation. They were the ones who, who went in and took possession of the land and took possession of the promise of God. And, and I feel like Gen Z, uh, you're going to see some Gen Z leaders rise up in this house. They're going to be anointed. They're going to prophesy. They're going to make mistakes. Praise God. Because don't we all? And, and But you're going to see the young ones begin to rise up in leadership and positions. And they're, they're, they're going to be ones who are going to carry the gifts of the Spirit in a unique and powerful way they're going to prophesy the word they're going to see words of knowledge they're going to be we talk about the childlike faith it's going to be the simplicity that's going to come on them that yes we're going to want to come alongside and give them the tools and the training and the and especially you know give them the scripture and all that but there's something about the simplicity of it that comes and the purity of just i know jesus and jesus is coming on me and he wants to do something through me there's a real simple thing in that because you sometimes. the more you grow in the faith sometimes you start understanding of different cultures and different guidelines and different parameters and all that which they're not bad it's just that sometimes it clogs the flow because you're thinking i want to say this but i'm not sure if i should say this and this thing you know like for example if i came up here and said go chiefs you know like that would just be i would get stoned you know what i'm saying you know and that's (laughs) (laughs) but i wouldn't do that you know what i'm saying and actually, I, I do want to say, I, I was rooting for the 49ers before I made the connection, okay? So I just, tried, I just wanted you to know that before. I just won your hearts back right there. I just went right back into favor. Okay. But you, you get what I'm saying, though? They're, they're going to be unfiltered and raw in the way they do stuff, but it's going to be simple, and it's going to be powerful because it's going to be authentic. You with me on this? So here's what I want to do, and then, and then we'll dive specifically into the message. If you are Gen Z, and, and I think Gen Z goes up to maybe 26, so I, I would say teens to 26, I want you just to stand up where you are, and there may be a few of us. Don't be weird. You know, I know it's you. I know you're there. Stand up. Come on. Just stand up. Just It's fine. Just do it. And now you're going to come up and prophesy. No, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. No, no, no. No, no, no. Stand up. Stay standing. Stay standing. Stay standing. (laughs) I was a youth pastor for a lot of years, and and I have fun, and I just joke around. And so uh, anyway, I want you guys to stretch your hands out towards them, and we're just going to pray for them. We're just going to ask God to mark them and ask God to do something special in, in their lives. Wow. Holy Spirit, we just... (laughs) lord we thank you that you mark them today for the gospel and father today we thank you that there's another generation on the rise and I know there's some other ones that are even younger in another room right now. But, Father, we ask that the same anointing that comes here will go there. We, we decree and we declare over them the anointing to take possession of the land, the Joshua generation, that they will go forth in, in signs, wonders, and miracles. And, Lord, that they would preach the gospel, but they would have authentic encounters with you and bring authentic encounters through you that, that there, there would be not only coming to them, but through them. And so, Lord, we ask that you anoint them this day, that you set them apart. And and if you're next to them, just, just maybe put your hand on their shoulder or, or on, their, on their back or something like that. Lord, we just declare over them an impartation of the gifts of the Spirit. Of the empowerment of the holy spirit you said that we would receive power when the holy spirit comes upon us and lord you also said when the spirit is poured out that your sons and daughters would prophesy and so lord we're asking for a prophetic anointing to come upon them we're asking lord for miracle signs and wonders to go through them and that you would put the gift of faith in them to do things they never thought were possible Lord, that you would use Gen Z to release the love and the power of Jesus and to reveal Christ to the world around them. Wow. Now, just receive that right where you are. Thank you, Lord. And, and right here where Pastor Brian is laying hands, the one that didn't want to stand, I'm going to pray for you real quick. <laughs> just put your hands out like that. Just, yeah, Lord, I, I thank you. What's your name? Belle. Belle? Come on. Lord, we thank you for Belle. Lord, and we thank you for a grace on her life. Uh, there, there was like a... An attraction, like an evangelist attraction thing, that people are drawn to you, and and there's a there's a gift on your life that people are going to come to you and and want to be around you, want to be with you, want to be friends with you, and all this kind of stuff. And the Lord has given you favor because He wants to to attract people so that you can lead them to the to the love of God and to the to the grace of God. And so I, I feel like you're going to have some uh, friend group situations and things wherever you're at school or the places that you hang out. And you're going to find that people are just going to want to be a part of whatever you're doing because there's a leadership and there's an attraction that's on your life that people want to be a part of whatever you're doing. And so I feel like the Lord wants to gift you and just say, I want to encourage you. There's there's also a, a... a compassionate gift inside of you that you can kind of feel what people are feeling sometimes you kind of people open up they tell you their story and you can you can feel what they're feeling and there's a there's a there's a gift to be able to meet people right where they're at and i feel like the lord wants to use you to give them words of encouragement to give them words of life i don't see you as the kind of person who's just going to be like listen you need to get saved now like i don't think that maybe is your mode of mode of operation but i do see you coming as a as a gentle uh, I want to say, gentle warrior. Like a gentle, you're, you're still gonna do some really great things for God, but you're not like. I don't see you as the kind who's gonna like shove the gospel down their throat. You know what I mean? And I see you as coming with compassion. But the Lord has given you favor, and He just wants you to use that favor that you would show His love, and He would, she would show His grace to the people around. And I want to just just keep your hands out. I want to pray for you. I feel like the Lord's gonna give you words of knowledge and the gift of prophecy. And what that is, is words of knowledge is when God begins to give you information about somebody else that you, you couldn't have known otherwise. Like God starts telling you stuff about their life. And then prophecy is like God's, now he's going to sh- share his heart with, with, with the person and he's going to use you to do it. So I'm going to ask God to give you that. Do you want those gifts? Yeah, I think you want those gifts. <laughs> Lord, we just pray and we release the impartation of the gift of prophecy and the gift of word of knowledge right there and you're going to begin to feel like a warmth come on you from the top of your head and it's going to come down and and that is that is the anointing and he's just filling you and he's giving you these gifts I want you to remember this because there's going to be a season in your life up in up in the future where you're going to you're going to question did God really do this did God really say this I want you to remember this that this this anointing that came on you today is still going to be with you then because God promised he'll never leave you and never forsake you so this anointing Words of knowledge, prophecy, and the impartation whew, of the Holy Spirit. Lord, mark her today for your glory. Wow. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on. Thank you, Lord. All right. Turn your Bible to Luke chapter 5. Luke, we'll begin in verse 33 in just a second. Uh I have a new book. I wrote a new book. Guys, I got another book coming out. It's called Open Heaven. It's exciting. I wrote it with my friend, Dr. Stan DeKoven. He's the president of Vision International University. And uh, Open Heaven, Living in the Favor of God. This, is, this book just talks about what it looks like to live under an open heaven, and that God is with you wherever you go. How many of you know there's an open heaven here? Praise God. But how many also know wherever you go, there's an open heaven because the open heaven is over you. Yeah. Through the new covenant, Jesus tore the veil. You got an open heaven. The, the heavens have never been shut after that. Now, the only time they are quote unquote shut is when you don't believe it. <laughs> the only thing that hinders it is our, our false beliefs. And so when we agree with God that heaven is open and heaven wants to flow through us, then heaven's going to flow through us. And so that's what that is. You can get it in the back if you'd like it. I'm going to jump right in here. Uh, to Luke in, in a second here, I said, uh, we're, we're in transition, but this is this is what the Lord said, uh, Luke 5 and 33. Then they said to him, why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers? And likewise, uh, those of the Pharisees, but yours eat and drink. And he said to them, can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. Then they will fast in those days. Verse 36, then he spoke a parable to them. No one puts a piece from a new garment on an old one. Otherwise, the new makes a tear. And also, the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. Verse 37, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled, and the wineskins will be ruined. But the new wine, someone say new wine. The new wine must be put into new wineskins, and both are preserved. And no one, having drunk old wine, immediately desires new, for he says, the old is better. I want to say amen, but I don't really agree with that part, because so <laughs> the old is not better. <laughs> but I want to just say amen to the word of God in general. Okay, there you go. <laughs> he, he, that's, that's, how the, that's how the parable ends. This is a time, we're in a time of transition, and, and here, I'm going to give you context of what Jesus was talking about here and how I believe it applies to our lives in, in, in here today. The, Jesus was the new thing. Some will say new thing. There was a new thing happening. The new thing came to town. And John the Baptist was pointing the way to Jesus. And so, and, and, you know, and the Pharisees were just religious. But they, they were strictly religious and they missed who Jesus was. But watch this. They were having a hard time with the way Jesus and his disciples were functioning. They're going like... Uh, how come we're always fasting all the time? And y'all people, are, y'all are feasting. This is not fair. They were frustrated. How many how you would be a little frustrated? You're like, I'm in the fasting ministry and they're in the feasting ministry and I, uh, I'd like to eat. You know what I'm saying? I would like to eat. And so they were a little frustrated, but in other words, I'll say it like this, that the old was having a hard time with the new. And when God comes to do a new thing, a lot of the times the old fights the new and but 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 specifically i mean they they were talking about you know the fasting and the feasting and this way and and that way but the the really the big picture is god was doing a new thing and he was inviting people into the new thing and what i find sometimes about change is that we cry out to god for change and then when he comes to change we're like oh god i have to change The, the, the old camp was mad about the new thing. And so think about this. John the Baptist's job was to point the way to Jesus, and now Jesus was here. And so they're pointing to the change that was coming, but, but when the change came, they had a hard time changing. And I just think it's interesting that <laughs> we cry out to God for change, and when change shows up, we have a hard time accept, accepting it because it means we have to change. Now think about this because jesus was the desire of the nations he was the messiah he was the one they were believing for he was the promise fulfilled he was the one and he steps on the scene and he begins to you know bring his kingdom and bring his ways he's teaching and preaching and healing all those who were sick and he's kind of bringing upheaval to the whole pharisaical religious system like these people are going like jesus we don't do it this way here I, you can heal other places just don't do it on the Sabbath because we got to rest and you know and they're like you're freaking out because Jesus is coming and changing everything and so they're and the fasting in the same way and they're going like Jesus what are you doing but the, the crazy part is that the, the promise that they were waiting for had showed up and what's crazy is they could not recognize the promise when the promise had come to be fulfilled they, they, the things that, it's. It, this relates to us because it's like the things that we're dreaming for, the things that we're believing for, they finally come. Yeah. Anyone ever had that, like a long waiting season, and then finally you're like, bam, here I am. And there, sh- there should be this epic excitement of, of fulfillment. You're like, ah, God did what he said he was going to do, and now I'm excited. But for them in this particular moment, they're freaking out because now everything had to change. They had to change from the mosaic ways of the laws and the rituals and all that religious uh, stuff that they had to do, which was God at one time, but now God was doing a new thing. They had to shift out of that mindset into a completely new mindset. They, there was a new thing that God was doing. And so it's when we go from just asking, seeking, and knocking to now we are f- receiving, finding, and the doors being opened. It's a whole nother season. Because askers think differently than receivers. If you've lived asking and asking and asking and asking, you have a different mindset. It's so you approach God asking, asking, asking. But watch this. Receivers ask differently than askers. You got a different mindset. Because now you're not just on this side going like, please God, I need this. Please God, I declare this. Please God. Now you're on the other side. And now you have to think differently because you had the thing that you asked for. Now you need a new thing to ask for. But you ask now with a different mindset because you know God is able to fulfill what he said he'll do. It's a different way of thinking. And I believe we're, we're, we're shifting from a season of just ask, seek, and knock into a new season of now I receive, now I find, and now the door's open to me. And when you live in this thing, it's a different way of thinking it's a victorious mindset it's a confident mindset in God's faithfulness I'm coming on this side and I'm going like praise God God I asked him for that before and I get it now so now I have confidence that I ask again and I will receive I have confidence that as I seek I will find I'm not just living on one side of it now I'm embracing the fullness of God's promise because his promise wasn't just ask his promise was ask and you'll receive seek and you will find and knock and the door will be open to you oh that's good stuff right there and i'm excited because that means we get to step into a whole entire season of seeing the fulfillment of the promise of god but it does require a different way of thinking so let me go back to luke he says he, he says you can't take the uh, uh, verse thirty six, five thirty six. He spoke the parable. So Jesus illustrates it, and, he, and he's explaining it to them with this parable. And he says, "No one puts a, a piece from a new garment on an old one, otherwise the new makes a tear, and also the piece that was taken out of the new doesn't match the old. No one puts new wine into old wine skins, or else the new wine will burst the wine skins, and and, and be spilled, and the wineskins will be ruined." And, 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 he, and he talks about all this. The new wine, got to be put in new wineskins, both to preserve. No one having drunk old wine immediately desires a new because he says the old is better. And so specifically he's saying we're not mixing legalism with the grace of God. We just, just not how you do it. That's not how it works. You don't mix the Moses law with the new covenant of Christ. We're not approaching God with sacrifices of animals and trying to get everything perfect and right so we can finally approach God. How many are grateful Jesus paid the price at the cross? We're forgiven of our sins. We're washed in the blood. We're made righteous by the righteousness of God. I love that, and that's a beautiful thing, but generally, if you zoom out a little bit, the new thing that God is doing isn't going to work if it's contained by the old thing. There's a new wineskin for new wine. And this is what I was referring to earlier. Verse 39, they said, no one having drunk old wine immediately desires the new because they say that the old is better. And I'm telling you, there are some people who are satisfied with the old ways. Going into a new thing, you can't be satisfied with the old ways. It requires a new mindset because the old way won't work in the new thing. Paul said it like this, 1 Corinthians thirteen eleven. He said, when I was a child... I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. It's a transition. How many of you know? Like when I was growing up, there was always at family gatherings. There was always the kids' table, and then the adult table. How many of you know what I'm talking? About? You guys have that in your family. I'm like, the kids' table was wild and chaotic. <laughs> And the, and the adults are just chilling over here. It was like it's like a whole nice thing. I mean, you know there's a huge shift when you grow up and you got to not be at the kids' table and you got to shift into the adults' table. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? I was happy to be at the kids' table the rest of my life because sometimes they're way more fun than the adults. You know what I'm saying? And then I and then I realized like you know a 20-something-year-old hanging out with you know eight-year-olds is just it's just like weird and boring. You know what I'm saying? It's like. We don't think about the same things. We don't talk about the same things. But what I'm trying to get at, and I don't say this in a demeaning type of a way, but I'm showing this as an illustration to say there's, there's ways to think as a child and there's ways to think as a man. And as we shift into a new season, God is asking us to shift our mindset and the way we approach things. Because guess what? What do children do? They ask a lot. <laughs> They're asking and asking. They're like living in asking land. My kids asked me like 17 times, Dad, can I do iPad right now? Can I do iPad before I came here this morning? Like, that was just today, this morning. Can I do iPad, please? I need to do iPad, I wanna do, you know, like, brrr, I wanna, Roblox, I wanna do Roblox, I want to and I'm like, my God. <laughs> you grow up a little, you know, or how about just like, Dad, get, you know, you know, make me some breakfast, maybe, and after a while, you're like, make your own. <laughs> <laughs> Go in the cupboard, pour that cereal. If you need a stool, there's one right there. We bought that for you. Get right there. Pour it in. (laughs) It's a new way to think, though, right? I mean, it's a whole new way of living. And God, I love this about God, because while we are dependent on him, he never expects our dependency on him to absolve our responsibility in him. Okay, let me, let me break that down for a second. We're dependent on God, but God doesn't just say, I'm going to do everything for you. We are required to take our own responsibility. We're required to take our own initiative in order to see the fullness of God and happen in our lives. Because you can't just be like, God, I need this promise. You got to do it and then, and then end it. If there, is a, if there is a step that you need to take, you need to take the step. I had a prophetic word that I was from four different people in four months, the same word. Now is the time to record this album. This is in 2018. And you know what I did with all of them? Nothing. And guess what happened? Nothing happened. <laughs> until Homeboy over here actually put the hand to the plow and started get, raising financial support because I needed thousand dollars to do this thing. And the money came in. Five weeks later, I had all the money. And then I had to call my producer. And then we made the stuff. We did a recorded. I had to get in a studio. I had to play music. I had to sing the song. Then we got to mix and master it. Then you got, hello. And that the prophetic word was just the initiator to say this is the will of God for your life, but if you don't do something and take responsibility, move from the ways of a child into the ways of a man, then you will just have a prophetic word on a shelf that looks nice and shiny that you can show all your friends, but nothing ever changes. Ah. He said you got to have a new wineskin if you want the new wine. You gotta change your structure. You gotta change your mindset. You gotta change the way you think about this. And I finally did all this stuff, and finally the word came to pass. And praise God. And but this is what happens sometimes. We get a word from the Lord and we just sit on it. But now's the time of fulfillment. Now is the season. It's a time of transition. It's time to take the words off the shelf and put them into action. And to start doing what God has called us to do. And so here's what I want to I want to give you a few points here uh, to be I call this message triumphant in your transition, triumphant in your transition because every everyone's going to go through transition, but it's what you're doing in the midst of the transition that'll cause it to be a triumph or a tragedy. I don't want to just move from one thing to the other and go from glory to gory. You know what I'm saying? And drop the L out. (laughs) I don't want to be worse off. There's desert seasons and there's trials, but at the end of the day, those things make us better. They actually are working for us. God actually designed everything. Oh, this! if you get this in your spirit, it'll free you from all kinds of stuff. Everything that happens, everything that you go through, God is committed to working it all together for your good. So that means you don't have to be intimidated by things that come your way. Because God promised you that he will work it together for your good. That means, that means even if the devil's going to try to attack, praise God. God's going to work it together for my good. Devil, you want to talk trash? Oh, praise God. That means I'm getting an upgrade. Hallelujah. You want to try to attack my family? Oh, more blessing is coming on my family. Whew. I'm, not saying it's not, I'm not saying it's easy because sometimes things are pretty challenging. But at the end of the day, I got a promise from God. And the promise of God triumphs over the attacks of the enemy every single time. The word of the Lord proves true. And so how can we be triumphant in our transition? The first thing is this. I like that. We got the traffic. You know, this, that's a good picture of transition. Lord, help us in traffic. Some of us might have lost our salvation in the traffic last week, but I'm playing. I'm joking. I'm just... <laughs> okay, stay, stay focused. Uh, the first thing is this. We have to refuse complacency refuse complacency when israel crossed the jordan to go into the promised land did you guys know that there was two and a half tribes that stayed behind on the other side of the jordan they they're the tribes reuben gad and the, the in the portion of manasseh and they stayed on the other side of the jordan if you want to do a dive study on that you can read numbers 32 there's a whole thing they explain all that but the, this what happened was moses has a conversation they go up to moses and they say Hey Moses, I, I know you guys are gonna go to the promised land, you're gonna have a good time, it's gonna be great. Uh, but we we'd like to stay here. And they basically said they had they had livestock, and the land that was on the other side of the Jordan was good for that. And so it was, it was just it was just good. You know, they just wanted to be in good. But how many of you know good was not the promise? And so they decided to stay back. But but what happened was Moses was like, listen, I'm not gonna let you just stay back here while we go fight all those stinking giants, because 40 years ago, this is what your homies did. They went over, they spied the land, they saw the giants, and they freaked out, and they said, we cannot take the land, because there's great giants in the land. And so he said, listen, if you don't go over with us, you're going to send a message to everybody else that we can't do this. And you guys are warriors. And if you don't go over, this is not going to be right. Everyone's going to freak out, and you're going to discourage the rest of the tribes from not wanting to go over. So he said, listen, uh, it's not going to happen. And so Reuben st- speaks up, and he says, okay, okay, we'll, we're, we'll go over there, and we'll fight with you. And then once the battle's won, then we're going to go back here to the other side. And so he kind of made a little bit of a compromise there. And Moses is like, all right, fine, if you're going to fight with us, then that's good. <laughs> but what I think is crazy about this is that these guys were fit to see life without the promise of God as good. Wow, maybe I should word that better. They were fit to feel, they felt good without the fullness of the promise of God. They said, yeah, we'll go fight with you, we'll go do a thing, but we wanna stay on the other side. But how many all know, since way back in Genesis, this land was the promise. From Genesis 12, God speaks to Abraham and said, I'm going to give you this land. And he reminds him all throughout from Genesis all the way up to Numbers. This was the heart of God for them. I mean, I'm not taught. This wasn't just one generation's promise. This was generations of promise. And they said right on the edge of the new thing, they said, "Eh, we're going to stay back on this side. The momentum of generations from Abraham Isaac and Jacob they said "Eh, I'd rather stay over here and what happens is we, we we if we if we get this kind of mindset we see life as just good without the promise they're happy to live life without the promise of God fulfilled they're content but how many of you know God's promise is his preferred future for our lives when God makes a promise, it's God's vision. It's His future for your life. Yes. So if God's gonna give you a word, I'm giving her a word about words of knowledge and prophecy and people coming and experiencing God's love through her. How many of you know that is God's preferred ministry and future for her life? Now, there's that, I prophesy, everyone prophesies in part, so it's not the whole thing. But that is an aspect of what God wants to do in her life. Yes. And we can either run towards that yeah. or just be like, nah, I'm good over here. <laughs> Nah I'm good right here, man. You know, and then I think that's crazy because sorry, I get in my <laughs> my essay kind of now nah, I'm good right here, man. No, it's like nah I'm good on this side. I'm good Lord. <laughs> sorry, okay, I won't. <laughs> but how many know the promise? <laughs> I'm sorry, that got me. <laughs> the promise is on the other side. It's over there. Yeah. And if we stay here, we limit what God is doing in our lives. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> We've got to push to the other side. Let me say it real simple like this. They settled for something less than what God had promised. They settled for something less. We we, we cannot we have to refuse complacency. Don't settle for good when best is just up ahead. And just because it's good doesn't mean it's God. I have, you know, what's crazy is the last, uh, I don't know, seven, eight years, I've been traveling itinerantly and going to different places, you know, I'll be in Alabama coming soon. I'll be in Texas next week, and then we'll be in Oregon. like we're going all over the place. and I love to do what I get to do. And you know, for me, this is what I had dreamed about, and I feel like it was somewhat of a, a promise that God had dropped in my heart 20 years ago and I get to live in it. And I love that. But you know, there's a lot of opportunities that come along the way. And I get offered different jobs and I get offered different positions in ministry. And some of them are pretty awesome. And some of them are things that I actually have a dream to do, but I just know it's not the time yet. And for me to just get a job that probably would pay more <laughs> and probably would have a little more security, because how many of all know that as an itinerant minister, I'm a somewhat dependent on invitations. And when 2020 happened, the invitations went a bit slim, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Half the world wasn't even having church we're like in china having underground church meetings that's how it kind of was you know what i'm saying like don't put it online don't tell anybody where we're at you know like we don't want the government to come knocking on our door you know like it was like wild but as a as an itinerary guy i'm like lord now god provided for us but there could have been other jobs that i could have gotten that provided a whole lot more stability and you know, say an external perspective stability and financially and all that type of stuff but at the end of the day, I can't live on the other side of the Jordan when the promise of God is right up there. I can't. In other words, watch this. If this is the Jordan, there's the promise. I can't live on this side all the while seeing what I could have had except not having it. That's the worst place to live in. I'd rather live in here and go by faith and say, God, I don't know how you're going to do it. But at least I'm in your will and I'm following your word. I want to do what God wants to do. And I, and I believe where, wherever the Lord leads, he will provide. Where God guides, he provides. And that's, I've seen it happen. And I've seen, the Lord actually told me uh, a couple years ago, and, and, and I'm starting to see why now more specifically, but he told me, he said, Andrew, I want you to make it a goal to take two Sundays off a month so you can spend time with your family. Now, as an itinerant minister to not minister on two Sundays. Sunday is the cream of the crop. That's the, that is the bread and the butter of preaching and ministry. Because guess what happens on Sunday? Church happens. Hello, every service. And I'm ministering what? Church. I'm like, Lord. But he said, I want you to take up to two Sundays up. So I said, okay, I'll start with one. And that year, and he was okay with that. I want to put that in there. Okay, I he was okay with that. That wasn't me. Okay, I had to clarify. I promise he was okay with that. He said, make it a goal to start to do too. See, so he had make it a goal. You got to, one step at a time, people. What? One step at a time. I, don't be judging me, people. Jeez. <laughs> I'm, I'm only on point one here. Jeez. We got to move this along. Anyway, but the Lord, you know, that year, I did less Sundays that year. And the Lord, there was, the, the ministry made more money that year than it ever had in all the previous years. Huh. And I said, okay, Lord, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> because he takes care of his kids, where he guides, he provides. And I'm saying this because I'm encouraging you not to compromise. Don't settle, don't refuse complacency. Re- refuse, don't, don't just settle for like, oh, this is good, this, this is good for us here, we can, we can settle here. No, 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 no. Let's let's get everything that God has for us. When you're going into the new thing, you gotta you gotta go for it all, man. I, I want to see every promise of God fulfilled in my life. And if it doesn't hit me, then praise God, it's gonna hit my sons. I got two sons of thunder named Hunter and Everett, <laughs> and my boys. My, my my youngest son just turned six yesterday, so we're we're and my oldest son is eight. And and one of these days, my wife Rochelle, we'll we we'll all come together and we'll have a big party here. But I, I just. I just say that because if, there, if if all the promises don't get fully completed in my life, then praise God, I've got some generations. A good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. I got plans for my grandkids. They don't even exist yet. I got plans for them. I refuse complacency though. You, you get what I'm saying? I'm not going to live on the other side of the Jordan. Oh, there's so much to say on this. Thank you, Lord. We're going to we're going to keep moving forward. Number 2 is this, and I've been saying this, but frame your mindset. You got to frame your mindset. Hebrews 11:3 says this, "By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible." When God made the world, it said that the worlds were framed. The 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 Greek word for framed can mean to repair and to prepare. The worlds were repaired and prepared. And I, and I say this because I believe we got we to frame our mindset. When you're coming into a new thing, and, I, and I've said this multiple ways already, but when you're coming into the new thing, you can't have the old mindset with you into the new. You have to think differently, and I, and I established that. But you have to think with Israel crossing into the promised land, they had to think differently because guess what? The day that they crossed in, the manna stopped. They couldn't have, can you imagine for 40 years, you get free food coming up on your doorstep every day, come out, oh, manna, here it is, scooping up every day. And then, you know, after about, you know, 20 days, you're like, oh, manna again. But I I think at the same time, like, it's bread from heaven, you know what I'm saying? it's, It's supernatural provision. So every day they had manna they got they they got the 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 quail would come when they needed a break from the bread you know they got the meat the water came from a rock there was but but when they got into the promised land all of that changed they were dependent on god in a different way now oh watch this they had to take more responsibility to get their food they had to they couldn't just go out and it's all there scoop it up praise god here we go ah and the kids are like we're having that again yeah it's been 30 years you know what they I mean? It's just like we're having that again they didn't have to do that anymore though but but what they did have to do was take more initiative and take more responsibility to go after the thing it's a different way of thinking and come on they they had the the, the pillar of fire by night and the cloud by day I mean that's pretty awesome sometimes we just like we tell the kids church stories and we're like yeah yeah the cloud by day and the fire by night. but dude they had um, they had a stinking cloud like air conditioning in the wilderness and then at night it turned into a heater. You know what I'm saying? They, they were supernaturally provided. I'm kind of joking, but I'm also like, for real, though. Like, they literally had God hovering over them. Supernatural glory of God was hovering over them. The Bible said that their clothes didn't even wear out. Going like, Jedediah, good shirt for 40 years. You know, like, it's like, wow. You've had that since you were a kid. <laughs> you know, whatever. I don't know. I'm just saying, hopefully that changed. Hopefully they changed their clothes. I'm just saying, like. They said their shoes didn't wear out and there was none feeble amongst them. Like the glory of God hovered over them in a supernatural way and it impacted their lives. But then when they crossed into the Jordan, all of that shifted. It wasn't that God wasn't with them. It was that God was with them in a different way. You, you understand what I'm saying? So God's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He's going to be with you. But there's going to be a little bit more responsibility on you. you now... Now you got to take out the giants. Now, I mean, praise God that you know giants. That means there was they, they got they got homes and vineyards and all these things that were there, and they were built by giants. So how many of you know they got some mansions for free? They just had to kick the occupants out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so there was still some amazing stuff going on in that, but it was a different way of thinking. And so what we have to do is we have to frame our mindset. And when God created the world, He framed the word or he framed the world by the word. And this is what we have to do. We have to take what God says about us and frame our mindset. We have to say, this is what God says. I know you guys believe this. This is who God says I am. This is what God says about my destiny. This is what God says about my family. This is what God says about my ministry. And and, and we don't frame it to our past. We frame it to our future. Right. Yeah. And so I, I had to do this exercise one time where I had to write a a a, a a bio about myself but future forward kind of bio so if they were saying like write what you want to do but say it in past tense but future you know like you're writing it as if 10 years down the road you already accomplished everything and that's exactly what we do i started writing like i'm andrew hopkins i am a, a revivalist i'm a, I'm a preacher I, I equip i will raise up schools of worship that will raise up revivalists, revivalists and prophetic musicians that go all over the world and i started i started framing my mindset in this biography like this is where i'm headed i'm going to see prophetic ministers raised up in worship i'm going to preach the the gospel souls are going to get saved i'm going to equip the next generation to walk in the power of god and i and i framed the way that i thought about my future by writing this stuff down and i encourage you to do the same you take what god has spoken to you and and then on on real foundation you take the scriptures i used to declare over my life every morning there's a season where i used to take ephesians 1 and and, and just declare it over my life, that, that God, I pray that you give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of my heart will be enlightened, to, flooded with revelation light, that I would know the hope of your calling, the glorious inheritances in the saints, and the exceedingly great power towards those who believe, which he exerted in Christ when he raised them up from the dead and seated them far above uh, all the principalities and powers and rulers and might and dominion in every name that's named, not only in this age, but that which is to come. You can tell, like I, just, I read this thing every day. And, and the church is the fullness of him who fills all in all. And then Ephesians 2 says, he raised me up and seated me in heavenly places. What was I doing? I was framing my mindset. I'm, I'm seated with Christ far above every principality and power and might and dominion. Every single name that's named, I'm seated there. I will say, God, thank you today that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Thank you that I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. Thank you that nothing shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus my Lord. Greater is he that's within me than he that's in the world. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm coming over and I'm not going under. I'm blessed in my coming and I'm blessed in my going. I am blessed everywhere I go. I am a blessing everywhere I go. And I used to do this, and I, what was I doing? I was framing my mindset. Because how many you know, before you got saved, you had a way of thinking. <laughs> and that needs some repairing. <laughs> Don't elbow the person next to you on that one. I'm saying, I had a way of thinking that was different. And what was I doing with the word? I was framing my mindset. I was taking God's truth and making it my reality. Another word for truth in and, and scripture, I'm going I'm to try to land this here. The Greek word for truth is aletheia, pretty much, and it also means reality. So when I, so Jesus said this, John 17, 17, it's not going to come up, but this is what it says, John 17, 17, it says, Jesus is praying to the Father, and he says, your word is truth. God's word is truth, and that means his word is reality. How many know that Israel was battling a bunch of different realities, let me, let me explain it like this. They, they had the 10 spies that said, we're all going to die because there's giants in the land and we can't take this. And then you had the two spies that said, we are well able to overcome. Two different realities. Which one was true? Yeah, well, here's the, here's the tricky part about it. The one is that is true is the one that you believe. They had to, they had to choose how were they going to frame their mindset. Am I going to be defeated or am I going to be the defeater? am I gonna overcome and you have to frame truth is reality and so when I get God's truth I get his reality his perspective his viewpoint I want to see how God sees I don't want to just see how the world sees the world sees an opportunity for bitterness and offense but I see an opportunity for mercy and forgiveness the world sees a, 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 a sickness and disease that you're just gonna to have to live with that for the rest of your life on your neck and then you see, uh, heck no! I see God as my healer, and this thing's gonna get better. His truth is his reality, and we have to frame our mindset with his truth so we get his reality. Oh, hallelujah! Less is the last one. Two minutes. It's because y'all were judging me about my, you know, two Sundays a month thing. That's what happened. I got. I'm playing. <laughs> Last thing is this, fight with prophecy. Not fight against it, but fight with it. That's your weapon. You fight with prophecy. 1 Timothy 1, verse 18 says, This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. In other words, he's saying prophecies are a weapon of warfare. This is the, how we fight the good fight of faith. And, and I, I've kind of touched on this already But Israel had a word from the Lord that the promised land was theirs. So this was their weapon to fight with. Even if they saw giants that were coming against them, they could still take the land because God had a word that was greater than their giants. And when you take the prophetic word, you go, God, thank you that you have spoken something. The scripture gives us all access to the reality of God, the mind of God. But the prophetic word are specific things to us that are unique for our lives, our family, our our ministry, our calling. And when God begins to prophesy things specifically to us, I know you guys do the P3 services where you have a lot of space for that as well. And I'm saying when you get those words, Peter talks about the prophetic word is like a light that shines in the darkness. Or right here, Paul saying it's like a a, a weapon that we wage war with. And I want to encourage you that whatever God has said to you, use that weapon to fight the resistance. I want to encourage you, resist the resistance. How do you resist the resistance? With the prophetic word. God, you said, I need to make this album. I need (laughs) $20,000. My bank account is resisting me right now. (laughs) But your word said, and the money all came in. Did you catch that in your spirit? What has God said to you? And fight with that word. Refuse (laughs) complacency. Frame your mindset and fight with prophecy embrace the new thing so you can fully experience the promise of god amen Amen. come on let's stand together and i'll pray for you real quick Woo! we got all kinds of good stuff happening today just lift your hands to heaven lord i thank you for the promise (laughs) the promise church and the promise of god as i was preparing this i was like wow i am not trying to do this on purpose but the promise is what it's about right now lord we just declare that the promise is a house that refuses complacency We frame our mindset. This is a house that frames their mindset with the spoken word of God, with the rhema, the words that come proceed out of your mouth. And Lord, thank you for the prophetic words that have been spoken over this house, that they will fight and they will wage the good warfare with the prophetic words. And that Lord, they will see the fullness of the promise of God come to pass. They will see your word fulfilled as they have in the past. They are not just askers, but they are receivers. And God, I decree and I declare over this house that this is a year of transition, but also of fulfillment of the promise of God, and that everyone attached to this tribe, Lord, will receive the fullness. They will fully experience the promise of God for their lives. And I decree and declare they are going from glory to glory in the mighty name of Jesus. If you agree, shout amen and give God some praise. You want to? You want me to close it, or are you?
1: Okay. Wasn't that awesome? <laughs> I told you be fired up. <laughs> so so good. Well, I have my ministry team come down front. As we dismiss, if you'd like prayer for anything, if you want to, you know, rededicate your life to the Lord or you want questions answered about the Holy Spirit or whatever it might be, then just come down. But if you need prayer for healing or somebody to stand with you for finances, whatever it might be, that's what our ministry team is down front to uh, pray with you and talk with you afterwards. Um, But again, thank you, Andrew. Can we just thank him? So, so good and uh you know just so you know we don't we didn't talk about like hey you know talk about this or this is what's going on and if you remember kind of what i spoke on last sunday it was like a continuation i mean it was just i was just like okay same spirit you know that's the holy spirit i just love seeing that he's holy spirit is hammering a point guys if you're not picking it up (laughs) he is hammering it home like Listen to the prophetic word spoken of of you. Resist the resistance. Walk in it. Claim it. I mean, I was just like, he's preaching my sermon in a different way. It's like the Holy Spirit is saying it. So it's obviously because there's a lot of resistance. There's a reason the Holy Spirit is repeating himself twice, right? Because there's obviously resistance in your mind already going on that Holy Spirit's like, you're on the precipice of losing this again, going back in the same season. If you don't walk into the new, claim it. Hold on that prophetic word. Declare it. Don't listen to the naysayers, right? just me and Mary here. We're doing it, right? We're like, come on. I'm just kidding, but it was so, so good. So awesome. Well, anyway, love you guys. Go 49ers. (laughs) Come down for prayer if you need it.